Welcome back to Big Lay Dolls. You got one of your hosts, Serana here, and Shirley. Hello. And this week, we're going to go through our phases of YouTube, or our phases of content that we've consumed over the years, because, oof, what a journey it has been. So don't you kick it off, and let's dive into what did past Shirley look at on the internet? Oh, boy. Um, All right, so I want to preface this by saying that Serana and I had a conversation about the past uh, creators that we've seen and she was like all right so come up with a list of all the creators that you watch right and i was like well define watch and she's like yeah you know like consistently saw videos and i kind of just nodded and i replied to her and i was like there are none like there is not really i i say this a lot and i get bored very easily so i actually have never fully committed to a creator that I watch like religiously or that I like support them like I I mean obviously I support these creators but it's never been something that I'm like oh a new video came out or like I'm on top of it or know much about them I'm like I'll watch videos here and there and then I'm like cool but anyway moving on (laughs) but when I middle school Shirley used to watch a lot of parody videos so she saw a lot of like Dave Day's uh, which he's now on TikTok and he came up on my FYP and he looks exactly the same as he did when he was like a teenager which is like it was weirdly nostalgic when I saw him pop back up but he did a lot of like he was like in love with like Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana and so he had like a cardboard cutout of her and like he would sing parody songs to her um, and then like out, like he kind of got so big that Miley Cyrus saw the videos and she guest starred in one of his videos um, which was really cool to see. And then there was another one, I think, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it was like Venetian or Venetian princess. And she also made a lot of like parody videos, but she like made full blown parody music videos. Um, and like, that was the kind of content that like middle school Shirley was watching was a lot of like dumb parody comedy songs and shows and stuff like that. Yeah, I think middle school is when I started to... Middle school for us, right? That was, what, the late 2000s? Yeah. So, like, between 2006 to 2009-ish? Yeah. Sounds about right, yeah. Uh, so, the YouTube was just entirely different back then, to begin with, right? There was, like, the star rating system and the video replies, and it was just a different platform back then. But I think the genres that were most prominent were sketch comedy and parody yeah. videos and parody music videos and stuff like that. Now you can't even play like two seconds of a song, even if you sing it, because you'll get copyright strikes, which kind of sucks. But early middle school Serrano's watching pretty much similar content, I want to say. I, I want to say that was the times that I found like Grace Albig, Mamrie Hart, and uh, Hannah Hart and stuff like that, which was an interesting part of YouTube to be on because Hannah and uh, Mamrie's content was around drinking. And I was a wee child. It's interesting because I still watch those creators to this day. I have a list of all the people that I watch. Uh, If you're watching the video version of the podcast, the list will come up here to just show you the extent of people that I watch. I kind of progressed from parody stuff into science-based videos. That's when I kind of like moved into high school and was finding uh, Crash Course videos and ASAP Science and slow-mo guys and all that stuff. And that I want to say that's what intrigued me to film because slow-mo guys is just, their videos are beautiful. They're shot at extremely stupidly high frame rates, 
but it's interesting to see how the world works in slow motion. It, it aligns with when I was taking physics, because I remember looking up one of their videos because my physics teacher back then was like, hey, this is how physics works and here's a frame-by-frame -frame playout. But yeah, YouTube, it's, it's content on a whole has gone through many evolutions, I want to say, because Absolutely. yikes, some of the people that we used to watch. And like, the thing is, like, you, you go through phases, right? Well, I, I definitely went through phases. You seem to be kind of consistent throughout. I, when I sent you my list, I was looking at the list and I was like, okay, there are definitely I went through phases like middle school had all the parody comedy then in high school we moved into like more raunchy sketch comedy watched a lot of Shane Dawson I remember he was big when I was in high school like he even came to New York when his movie came out um, and he was like meeting fans and I remember being so sad that I couldn't go and my friends got pictures with him kind of thing um, I was big on Shane Dawson back in high school uh, a little bit into college also and then you know True Colors came out and also I grew up and I was like oh some of the stuff is not okay it's it's dumb comedy is what it is like it's the wow factor the like the shock value and I'll, I, I'll still laugh I see that it's problematic but it's also like nostalgic because I saw it growing up then we went into like the more lifestyle um with people like Davey Wavy I want to say his name was I'm slowly progressed into like groups so like I hate to say it I'm sorry world I watched a lot of like David's blogs I blame my sister for that actually because I I had no interest in the boy but my sister used to watch a lot of it and so she'd be like oh could we just play a couple videos I'd be like yeah of course and then I was like all right this is kind of funny like some of the content is funny again with the shock value like a lot of it was whoa like these crazy things that we did and it's funny and they're short so they kept your attention span like that was one of the biggest things it's I can't sit through a video that's more than two to three minutes long and Serana knows that like if she sends me a video that's more than two minutes long she knows I'm not gonna watch it and she's like just watch this one part in the video that's all I need you to watch and I'll be like all right and I'll see it but if you send me like which is why TikTok is also so great because it's 60 seconds max although now they've moved it up to three minutes for some people yeah so you have like less part one part two part three and more like all in one which is kind of cool but then I, uh there's also Trisha Paytas I forgot about about her I watched a lot of her again her life was shock value like she went through some crazy stuff I even read like one of her memoir books wild book I talk about it all the time because the girl has lived a life then she became really really problematic uh, she came out with a lot of like scandal stuff she talked about how she was LGBT and she was actually trans and then she wasn't then she didn't believe in trans rights then she did and then she was a Trump supporter and then she wasn't and that it was just like a lot of back and forth then she had a mental breakdown went to a hospital got help and and now she talks about all the dumb things that she did when she was younger. She has her own podcast. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called Frenemies. She does it with this guy that she did not get along with. And so the, the getting content is very interesting because he would argue and fight a lot. But my sister listens to it. And so she talks about like, wow, I did some ridiculous things back then. But that's because I didn't get the help that I needed. And I went through all this trauma in my life. And she reflects on her past, which mm -hmm. is admirable. And she talks about like all the crazy things that she did and said. And she actively apologizes and tries to make up for some of the wild stuff that she did. Uh, whereas you have other creators like Gabby Hanna, who have, has been doing the opposite. Like she's gone from problematic to wow, 
Like, she just skyrocketed. And it honestly reminds me of young Trisha. And that's a problem. Like, she's trying to be Trisha so badly. Except that's just how Trisha was. And now that she's older, she reflects on why that was a bad thing. Whereas Gabby Hanna, as she gets older, she's getting progressively more problematic. But then that transitioned into, uh, like, science-y videos. So Mama Dr. Jones, Dr. Mike. I watch a lot of their videos. And they're also on TikTok, which is actually how I discovered them. And then there's one stand-up comedian that I watch on TikTok. Wish I remembered his name. Ryan. Ryan Kelly. He is hilarious. He's this like six foot tall, lanky little stand-up comedian. He's so cute. It's one of the reasons I started watching him. He used to work for Disney and that. So he used to talk about a lot of wholesome stories from like Disney World because he played, I think he was Spider-Man. And so he would talk about a lot of wholesome stories. And that's how I started watching him. And he's actually really funny. That was my journey. It's interesting because we're on such different parts of content consumption, I, I feel like. I, I've not made a TikTok account. I don't plan on doing that. It's just not something that's in my, you know, range of what I want to do. And honestly, it just kind of scares me. I've also stopped using things like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like yes. that. Uh, I only actively still use Twitter and YouTube. And well, you can count like I, I signed up for apps because Dreamcatcher has accounts on certain apps. So like that's where they post their content. And anyways, I have multiple social medias, but like primary content consumption for me, I would say, is YouTube and Netflix, Hulu, stuff like that. But it's still very much based around, like, documentaries or uh, lifestyles. Like, I watched a couple documentaries about minimalism, and that's some other stuff to unpack at another time because trauma. But, you know, I'm going back into, like, ASAP Science, Slow Mo Guys, Tom Scott. I watch a lot of Physics Girl. These are all very, like, explanatory videos on how things work and how the world works. And whilst, you know, people like Veritasium and, and Vsauce minute physics and all that stuff they're really great but my problem is that they're all just white creators I have nothing against you know them being white creators it's just that the platform is so saturated on that side of the spectrum of people and I mean it's no fault of my own for falling down the rabbit hole of these people because you know a lot of them are friends and they suggest each other's channels and stuff like that but like if I look at the film photography tech section of YouTube that I watch you got Becky and Chris, Chris Howe, Lizzie Pierce, Johnny Is Harris, uh, Daniel and Rachel or Mango Street, Donna Did It. These are all names you have no idea who they are right but they're all very educated film photography, helicopter, home renovation, very niche parts of YouTube. But they're also all just white people. And the only, like, I guess, a lot of these people actually were recommended to me because of the production class that I took in college. Like, I wouldn't have known Peter McKinnon had it not been for my uh, video professor. Which is great, because Peter McKinnon is an amazing, amazing photographer and videographer, and he's an amazing creative. But he's also just a white dude in Canada, you know? So, like, when I do find people of color who are creators, like, I recently found out about Ali Abdal, and he has a roommate called Sheen, and Sheen has a PhD from Cambridge, and Ali also graduated uh, medical school from Cambridge and it's great that these highly educated people of color are on the platform but it's also too a niche that doesn't really yeah. influence my life that much like Ali is a doctor and Sheen, Sheen's content is amazing because she's very into women empowerment and she has a whole podcast where she like 
talks to other women of color who are doing things for, you know, the benefits of society and, and things like that. Also, I didn't mean for this to get like super rambly and, and the whole politics behind why there should be more creators of color on the platform. But yeah, had I not heard one of these other tech YouTubers, Sarah Dici, talk about Ali, I wouldn't have known about Ali, right? So while it's a pipeline of them being friends, I wish there was a better discovery of just who's on the platform. Because the algorithm's also something that a lot of creators think about. Like, it's something that I've started to think about while I'm making our, our thumbnails. Whilst we're a podcast first and then a video podcast second, most of our views are coming from YouTube rather than podcasting sites. So I'm trying to understand what that means for us and how we can grow this, but there's not really a lot of resources for me to understand, like, why are these things clickable? Why are these not? Why are people choosing to watch video over listening to them? Anyways. I, I know that you said you didn't mean for it to turn into, like, a rambly thing about politics and all that stuff, but I think it's important to acknowledge all the creators I named are white. I don't think I named a single person of color and that's a problem. And it's not that they don't exist. It's that all of these creators are friends. They plug each other into their videos. They live in the same area. So obviously they're the same kinds of people, which makes sense as to why we are fans of like these groups of people because they all fall under the same category. They're all the same kind of people you, you're friends with and you grew up with people that are very similar to you. And so if you're all making content, of course it's like you might break out into different like niches, but oh, Overall, you have the same kind of personality or the same kind of opinions. And like, I'm, I'm trying to think and of a person of color that I watched on like YouTube or TikTok. And like, that's another thing. Like before, I said like a lot, my bad. But okay. before you would watch a video and on the side, it'd be like, here's your recommended. And it's videos of their friends or videos of, or other videos of them. So that's how you find. Now with there being a plethora of apps and sites that you can watch, like just TikTok alone, like TikTok alone alone is creepy because it's very very specific once you start you get on it for a while and you like videos creepy videos come up on your for you page because it's tailored very specifically to you and so what you see on your tiktok for you page would be very different from what i see on mine and i know you're not on tiktok but you know of the for you page and i send you videos all the time and i'm like wow i feel personally attacked by this video and you're like yeah me too so stands to say we would probably have similar videos popping up but you might have more technical videos of like film or like tech coming up versus i have like my comedy videos my mental disorder videos um the astrology videos you know, all of them my astrology videos my thirst trap videos like that all come up it's wild and it gets very specific because now there's so many you don't have to have a huge platform to get a platform like you don't already have to be big to be promoted on things like tiktok and while there has been a lot of issues that have been brought up on tiktok about how people of color are silenced and their videos don't get as many views because it's not shown as often. I would not have seen these people had it not been for TikTok. And they talk about things that are very specific to like, I'll have videos, it's like, oh, growing up Hispanic means, right? And it's like, a, like sketches of like what it means, like growing up. And I'm like, yeah, these are things that actually happened to me, things I couldn't relate to when I was watching shows or movies because they took place in suburban areas, like saturated with mostly white people and like their experiences are very different from an experience of a hispanic which might be different from a black person which might be different from an asian being able to see these things and even like just as a woman because there's videos uh from like 
gynecologists and women who have suffered with diseases that are specifically like symptomatic just to women they're like oh have you ever experienced like xyz you might actually have this thing and it's things you've never even heard of and you would have never known had these videos not been created and i think it creates like a very comfortable like a sense of comfort and there's a lot of young people on the app so while i didn't learn about some things that could be wrong with me until i was an adult and it's a little late to do anything about it or like i could have resolved this issue a long time ago there are 13 12 14 year olds on the app that are like wait a minute like this is what's happening to me or like they have more education on it and they grow up and it's easier for them to navigate life or at least they know what's wrong with them in this sense and like recently there's been a lot of videos of like what grooming means and that kind of thing and it helps because it's not something that was talked about when we were growing up because it was normalized especially in Hollywood. You see all these couples that were like the women, the girls were 17 and the males were like 27, 32. You see it a lot that it happened more before than it does now because it's stigmatized now. Like people make a big deal about it now. Um, and like still you have people like Aaron Taylor, John Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think is his name, who was 17 when he met his wife, his current wife, who was like 35 or something like that and they have like two kids and he's closer in age to his stepdaughter and his kids than he is to his wife which is a whole thing on its own. But that kind of thing is talked about more now. Yeah, I forgot where I was going with this, but that is my No, my the, the way that content is able to reach larger audiences now yes. and educate them on things. I definitely agree. It's very, very much important now. I just also see the negative side of it where content is so easily distributed that far extremist sides of politics also easily emerge and creates discourse that you know perpetuates false information and false concepts and things that people yeah. latch onto because they saw it on facebook or they saw it on twitter and stuff like that which is the internet itself moved so exponentially fast in its growth that it's it's very difficult for the actual politics of it to catch up because yeah. politics and laws and legislation take such a long time to be implemented and things like that and also to be honest i don't think as a society we actually really understand what's going on with the way the internet work. I think everyone has their own idea of what the internet is and what it's useful for and what it's bad for, but at the end of the day, it is the hub for a lot of child trafficking. It's literally the hub. And it just revenge porn and stuff like that. Like, it's it gives yeah. people a platform to do these things, right? And as disappointing as it is, we just have to actively hope that... Not actively hope, but actively push people in power to make changes and implement things mm -hmm. that will hold people accountable who are doing these things, you know? But on the flip side, uh, this was supposed to be talking about the good things that we watched on the internet so to shout out a couple of these amazing uh, people of color that i watched in the tech realm we got mkbhd uh with sketch self-help monologue stuff like that i watch a lot of anna Kana. she's incredible i think she's one of the longest people that i've wa been watching on on youtube uh blogilates shouts out to the homie because she's the one that got me into fitness way back when i've been following her channel for absolute ages and it's just if it wasn't for her i wouldn't be as motivated as, as i am for fitness and health and you know just having my stuff together. Um, another amazing one is Answer in Progress, which is ran by three friends, Sabrina, Melissa, and Taha. Shouts out that I once replied to Taha on Twitter and he replied back. So uh, Ryan Higa is more now on Twitch than on YouTube, but back in the day he did a lot of sketch videos, trick shots, and I knew more people of color creators because of him, because he had a crew that was like all Asian and different types of Asians. And that introduced me to people like Natalie Tran, who rarely uploads ever, but once in a while she uploads. 
Jen M, Nathan Z, Not Even Emily, Jaden Animations, Dominic's my viewership on YouTube stretches from self-help to animation to short films to comedy to filmmaking to lifestyle. It's everything in between, but I try to make sure that the people I watch are doing it for the sake of raising voices and, you know, putting out content that they want to make that'll help their communities. So with that being said, thanks for listening to us ramble. I hope that you can support us moving forward despite the discourse we may have caused in this episode. And stay hydrated, get vaccinated if you can. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.